This podcast is brought to you in association with Wednesday Picks, the free-to-play game where you can bag yourself £1,000 just by answering a few questions based on our upcoming fixture. Just head to the iOS App Store or the Google Play Store to download the app and enter your predictions. You have to be over 18 to play. Please gamble responsibly and be gambleaware.org. to another episode of the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. My name's James and today uh, we've got a different kind of episode for you all. Uh, I'm joined by a player who made 47 appearances for the Owls after signing for us in 2011 and was part of that memorable promotion winning side that got us back into the Championship. Uh, during his career, he's also played for Bristol Rovers, Northampton and just recently signed uh, a contract with Stevenage. Uh, if you've read the title of the podcast, you know exactly who it is that I'm talking about. Uh, it's Chris Lyons, everyone. So, hi Chris, how are you? All good, mate. All good. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Obviously, I'm joined by uh, Jamie as well, so uh, we'll be both pitching in with some uh, some questions. So, Chris, uh, obviously, it's a Wednesday podcast, but we'll start from the very beginning. Uh, you started your career at Bristol Rovers. How did that yep. all come about? Um, well, I was there as a kid, so like, obviously grew up supporting them, played for them when I was a kid, got to 15, uh, was released by the club, um, Went to college then for, for a few years, like played in a football academy, done some sort of like a sports science, I think, course. Um, and then obviously the football academy at the college basically started a little link with with Rovers. Um, and so like if there was a reserve game and they were a little bit short, some of the lads from the college would step in, be on the bench or play or whatever. Um, it turned out at the time... Like our football academy is probably better than the Rovers academy. So there was four or five of us playing reserve football like on a regular basis. Um, signed like a non-contract kind of thing at the time. I think I was, I think it was about 100 quid a week. Um, and at the time I was, I was working full time. So I was, I was losing out of money because I was labouring past doing with my mates. Um, I worked at Tesco for a bit on the checkout. <laughs> did you? Did you actually? Yeah. Were you were you fast? Were you proper fast with it? Oh, rapid, yeah. It was like, <laughs> I, I should have worked. I should have. I should have worked in um in Audi because I was rapid, yeah. <laughs> and um, no, like just obviously after that, then I think a new manager came in, um, watched a few reserve games, and and signed me on my first deal. So um, did you go back to Bristol Rovers then? So you left then went back? Yeah. So I. I was there as a kid, then I obviously got released, signed when I, I was probably about 19, 19, 20, so I was quite a late starter. Um, then obviously I did probably four or five years there before I went to, to Wednesday. Um, so, sorry, Chris, what, what, see what's mad, on. like, even today when we spoke to a few Wednesday players, it's, it's mad how many people are released by the club and then go back later on. We, we were talk, like a lot of people said they were told they were too small or whatever. Were you told yeah. why? Yeah, that was it. That was literally it. Yeah, I, like I want, I want the biggest or the tallest at, at that point. Um, and size was massive then. Like, I think now it's different, isn't it? It's all, it's a lot more technique now. But back then, they, they, the thing is, when you're 16, 17, you, you've not even grown yet. Do you know what I mean? You've still got time. So, I think I went to college and I shot up about, probably shot up about two foot in about, in about six months. So, um, I kind of look 
like I had, I had that sort of like height on my side. Um, I've never been like a physical player anyway. Like you, you've seen that from my time at Wednesday, but um, yeah, no, it's surprising, and I think it's probably may, makes people think like if you're if you're good enough at that age, like you've got time to grow. Like you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of you hear a lot of stories, yeah, like size, and it's always been frustrating because. If you're good enough, it doesn't matter how big or small you are, does it really? That's what we're going to touch down on just because you, everything seems to be size, it's all size, whatever. But when you think about it, like if you're, if you're going to be a male model, for example, then you need to be taller. But when you're a footballer, how many footballers are actually proper tall? Like you look at all the best footballers in the world, like yeah. Ronaldo's only about six foot, whatever. You look at Messi, you look at Sterling, you look at Aguero, everybody's small. Like I just, it don't make sense. I think, like, yeah, and in the modern day, like, they're the hardest players to play against. Like, it's the small lads you can just get about and... and like, who's tall and fast? No, no one's tall like, and fast, are No, it's hard to, hard to tackle them. So, I, I think it's probably changed now and you do see a lot more, like, players, smaller players coming through and playing and it's all just focused on technique now rather than the big players who can just head it and kick it. I think the game's obviously changed, on it, a lot over the past, like, 10 years, so... Yeah. I mean, if you had, like, obviously some of the younger listeners that don't listen to this podcast, what what like, advice would you give to them? Uh, you know, st- starting out? Yeah, I think, no, I think it's, a good, it's a good time to, to get, to keep being an academy, but at the same time, it's probably not because obviously current situation is tough. But I think if, if you believe in yourself and you're good enough technically, then you can always, you know, they, they, they say get in the gym and stuff like that. Like, if you want to get stronger, but... The modern day now, like it's, it's so much based on fitness and, and pace and and technique. Like I won't worry too much about size. It's, it's just just hard work. Like and if you get in in with the first team and you're technically good, that's how you stand out. Can I ask your opinion on something, Chris? Like while while you're talking about that, before I forget, so your personal opinion. So for example, I'll just touching back to Wednesday again. They played about five kids in. 16, 17, 18 year olds against Exeter. Like, yeah. because of the COVID, like you said, it's hard because of COVID. Do you not think it's easier, like, for them to make the debut with no fans there at this level instead of having all that pressure on them with fans? Do you, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I was chatting to someone the other day. I, I, I think, like, obviously it's good for them to make their debut, but it, football's not football at the minute. It's not football oh, no, at all. Um, like, my main struggle when I signed for, for Wednesday was, was the. the the change in the crowds that were watching me and like I probably played 150 200 games by that point and just going from playing in front of like nine ten thousand to then there being like 30,000 there like for me even then that was tough so as a kid it is a nice time to be playing because like you said like they're used to the the, the reserve football and the, the academy football there's no one watching and for us older lads at the minute like we played Saturday like massive FA Cup game no one there it just felt felt weird yeah, I mean, that's one of the questions I've, I've got, you know, I'm saying obviously no disrespect to, to Bristol Rovers, but obviously they're a relatively small club, obviously in comparison to Sheffield Wednesday. What would yeah. it like to make that? You know, to make that yeah, happen? no, that's what I mean. Like, I had a bit of interest before and I kind of turned it down and I, I don't know why I'd done that at the time, but probably just probably just because I was living at home and, and stuff like that. But the minute I sort of stepped into Hillsborough and, and seen it and I was like yeah this was a great decision and obviously like first home game I think there's probably 25,000 there it was like now then you start realising and what you've stepped into and just just everything was different like the, to be fair like at Rovers the, the crowds were good like nine ten thousand home games and it, 
it's a good atmosphere down there. It's a tough place to go. Um, I'm going to say just before while you're on about it, down at Br Bristol Rovers, the fact that with Bristol Rovers, it's sort it's sort of a like not a QPR, but like I, I, what example can I give? Like when you go to places like Fulham, places like when it's just a packed in all yeah. fans are packed in behind there and a yeah. small little picture of it, it's intimidating sort of thing. But touching back to Wednesday as well, when you just said it, when you went. Did your agent sort of force it through? Is that is that right? Like, what he made you do it? And then when you went, you know, when you say it were a massive crowd, like, honest opinion, because uh, it, all you ever hear as a Wednesday fan, when somebody signs this, oh, it's a massive club, I wanted to come here, because uh, I know it's judgmental, but they're told to say it in a way. Like, did yeah. you honestly think when you stepped on that pitch and that, was you like, wow, they're like, I, that, this is amazing or whatever? Or... Yeah, like, obviously, I played in away games at Bristol and they always used to take, like, good good away support and then you know there was good teams in 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 our leagues at them points like the Southamptons and people like that so it was obviously I played at Hillsborough I think the season before and but it I don't I'm not sure what the crowd was but it was it wasn't too like the atmosphere wasn't great but I think the team was struggling that season so I don't think it ever um, is it I don't think atmosphere ever is it Ulsborough, to be honest as a Wednesday well, fan. I think it's just it's just obviously like because we were doing well I think like the crowd started picking up didn't they and yeah. And by the end, it was it was buzzing like most weeks. But because we were winning and they were enjoying it, the, the crowds were getting bigger, the, the atmosphere was getting better. And but by the end, I was used to it, and it was just like second nature. But yeah, at, at the start, it, it took a little while to get used to. Yeah, obviously, it was Gary Megson that that brought you to the club, uh, and he yeah. signed probably a couple of games into the season, didn't you? I think if, if yeah. I remember rightly. Um, I mean, how did that come about? I mean, you, you said that you were approached the season before. Uh, was it just a case of, you know, it's coming for you again and, and you've yeah, made decisions? Yeah, I had another... I think after the first game of the season at Rovers, um, I had another call. Um, my agent said, basically said to me, like, get your stuff packed. We're, we're on you the way. So, yeah. Um, was that money? Was that, time, money was that money? Or because he was generally, like, no, actually, the best you I actually, yeah, no, I, I was on a good deal at Bristol. Um, probably one of the top paid players, which is probably why they were trying to get me out at the time. Um, How much for that? <laughs> <laughs> a couple of packs of peanuts, mate. <laughs> uh, but they, um, they obviously were trying to sort the budget out and obviously I t took a pay cut because we got relegated. Um, but when I signed for Wednesday, it was, it was pretty much the same kind of contract I was on the season before, so... It wasn't really nothing to do with money, but it was a good deal. And I think it was probably like two and a half years at the time contract. So um, I kind of just went with an open mind and it, it worked out, obviously. What were the um, what were the biggest, like, I'm, I'm going to say that about like moving from Bristol. It's a long way, like six hours yeah. or whatever. But, but when yeah. you went there, like, who made you feel comfortable? And can you remember a certain, like, I can always remember you playing at Tramia for some reason in a silver kit and playing right well. I don't know why, like, one of the away games I went to, I just remember you playing well sort of thing. Yeah. And then, I think you scored that game, You ran over to me when you scored and you said, this time in 10 years, I'm going to follow you on Instagram. But anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, can you remember your favourite game for Wednesday or when fans were going mad? Because away from home, we are good, aren't we? That Yeah, that was, that was a good one, wasn't it? Because I think... I remember that game well because I think we went one nil down. Um, yeah, it might have been. I think it was. It I think we went in level. Yeah, Lowy scored the winner, but we were one nil down, and I think I, I did a shit bit of defending on the edge of the box, and Megson went mad at me at halftime. But like he said that he was obviously buzzing because I just I think I scored a volley, so he was like, "You're lucky you've done that." Um, <laughs> and then obviously, like yeah. 
So yeah, he was a ledge, yeah, like from day one. Like, Did you not want him to go then? Like, I know you can't slag with the managers off. No, nah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Like, we were doing well. He built that squad, didn't he, to be fair. So, like, he he done well to... He's a Wednesday previous, fan. Yeah, the previous season was obviously really bad. Um, and then he, he just obviously recruited well in the summer, brought in quite a lot of players. And listen, like, we had the best team in that league by a mile. I think, like, if we would have gelled, like, right from the start, we, we would have probably probably done a little bit better and maybe even won it but obviously Charlton were firing at the same time yeah yeah I mean uh, we, obviously we, we asked some uh, we asked the, that's the fans to ask some questions and one of the questions that we've had in uh, on Instagram was from Milza he, he's asked uh, was Gary Mason good with man management yeah he was brilliant yeah um, like he, I don't know we, we I just seem to go on really well with him like we, we, and he, he improved my game and he, he got me working on little bits that I probably wasn't as good at before. And But it wasn't like an overload of training. Like training was always fun. And he just obviously just, listen, he was crazy in the dressing room before a game, like drinking his brandy. and Really? He getting, yeah, he was getting like worked right up before the game. He, he, used to, he used to go so mad. His face was so red before a game. I don't know if it was the the brandy he was drinking or or the fact that he was just screaming so loud, but it was honestly it was, it was brilliant every time, and obviously it worked because eventually we clicked and we just couldn't stop winning, and then obviously something went off behind the scenes, and the next thing you know he's gone. So, but by that point, he built that squad, and and we just had to finish off the job basically, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Chris, I, I'm going to say right, so. This is like be completely honest with this because you you can actually answer this because you didn't want you just openly admitted you didn't come to Wednesday first time and probably because you're a Bristol City, uh, Bristol Rovers fan which is yeah. what a lot of people don't do these days and it's quality that you did that so when you look at like Wildwood Sheffield United Sheffield United fan where he's done Billy Sharp or whatever they're them sort of players and then you've got what well, Gerard that stayed at Liverpool didn't go to Chelsea whatever yeah. you makes sense I'm obsessed I love him he's a Wednesday fan or whatever and yeah. all fans literally oh, they'll say oh I don't want mixing him blah 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 he's too this or that but. Does it actually work? So, as as Megson is a Wednesday fan, at half time, before the match, after the match, or whatever, because he's a fan and he's passionate about that club, does it rub off on the players? Sort of like, yeah, shit, he's but more mental than a manager that's not necessarily supposed to manage a team. That's yeah, serious. he was obviously he was passionate. Yeah, so you could tell, and I think at the time, like that, might have been his downfall at the end. Like he was passionate about the club, and he spoke and he said exactly what he thought and. Obviously, eventually that kind of backfired against him, but yeah, like he was, it was, it was like in the dressing room. Yeah, who just had like ten pints before the game at down the pub and, and was just letting loose in the dressing room. And it was, we just knew that we had to go out and and perform. So it was there was pressure, yeah, because obviously we were expected to get out of that league, but he just got the right players in that could could handle him. And like we all we all had a laugh and we knew how to handle him and we knew it was coming. So by like. <laughs> By about quarter to three, when we went back in, we just knew what was coming. So you've just touched on there that uh, you know you like to drink. I've, I've heard uh, rumours that you know you like to go out on, on the town uh, during the week and what have you. Are those, those rumours true? Yeah, we had a no. Nah, we had a we had a good. Um, I didn't live in Chef, so it, like I tried to avoid Chef because it was obviously like when I first went up, it was you can't really go out without being recognised even though I was new it was like quite obvious wasn't it so yeah but yeah we had a good little we had a good social 
school that year, like Tuesdays and Saturdays, most weeks. I think that helped us, like, obviously, because we come in on a Monday and then Megson would be asking us, like, what happened on the weekend? And we'd, we'd tell him all the stories and he was buzzing off it, so. <laughs> I was just about to say, did he, did he know? But obviously, it sounds like he Yeah, no, nah, he loved it. He loved it. He said, like, as long as we're doing it on the pitch, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, does it? Like, we weren't doing it before training. It was, it was obviously, get a Wednesday off. Tuesday morning, we used to run around the woods for, like, an hour and a half, so... Um, we felt like we we felt like we'd earned it by by the end. Chris, Chris, while I remember now, can I just say so? You know, like I don't like mentioning Gary Medina. I know you can't have an opinion, whatever, and you just you like him. But it, I I can't even explain what I think of that kid. Um, when he come when he went on loan to Sheffield United, started saying I'm a bleeding now. <laughs> anyway, he was a nightmare always through his career at Wednesday. He'd go out and get pissed away. Do you think because of what he were like? Like out of football or whatever, like even at Cardiff and whatever. Now, it, but he's just had he had that much potential, but out of football, it ruined sort of what he could have potentially got to. I don't know because. Were you the best player when you were there, Him, Antonio? No, 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 nowhere near. No. Who he, stood out? He, ben Marshall was the best player by a mile, but he. He loved the night out, so you can't even say that. Like, <laughs> he was out. He was out more than me and Gaz. So, um, did you still look at scores in that? When did you scores? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, like obviously I got because uh, I've obviously went there one year. I think like my social media interaction that year was good, and I was obviously like winding up with Sheffield United fans and winding up their skipper during the game. Yeah, so, so how could you like go back? So how can he say he's a United fan now? How can he say he's a blade now? That's what I don't get. You, you would never go to Bristol City and then go, I'm, I'm Bristol City. You don't do it. Nah, I think, like, I've seen it a few... Obviously, he's from Newcastle, so he's obviously a Newcastle fan, so I think he probably just, like, knowing Gaz, I like, still speaks to him every now and again, he, he's probably literally done it to wind people up and just get yeah, a bit of a reaction out of it and obviously it's worked. <laughs> who, would you say, who would you say was the top three players that you played with at Wednesday? If you, if you could, if somebody said to you, right, you've got to have three players that you played with at Wednesday right now to have in your team back then, would it have been Marshall? Yeah, yeah, Marshall, without a doubt. And then obviously Antonio. Um, and then obviously the, the second season, which I got injured for most of. I played a few games. Um, obviously, Ross Barkley was there then. So, oh, yeah. Um, did, did you ever think Antonio could have gone to this level? What is that now? Did you ever see that sort of... Yeah, he was, just, he was just so direct and athletic. I think like, I think he played for Colchester before and I think he had a good game. I think that was, like, Megson had a little thing about it. if someone had a good game against us, he, he'd try and sign him. Um, I think that's yeah. kind, of, kind of what happened with me, to be honest. Um, and then I think Antonio had a good game against us and he signed him. And obviously, you could tell he he kind of suited because he had a long throw as well, didn't he? So like we used to just with the with the defenders we had like any ball in the box as a chance of going in. So like big reader just charging in got about fifteen goals that year. So oh, yeah, he had the long throw. He had, he was direct, quick. Like obviously, he had to work on his technical side, but going to a better club and a, a Premier League club, that's probably what he's done for the past three, four years now. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to focus on, on one game in particular, and you probably know which one I'm going to talk about. Uh, it's 5th of May, 2012. All we need to do is better whatever United do. I think they'll play yeah. Exeter away. Um, we've we've sold all four sides of Hillsborough. Wickham yeah. have got a, that tiny little corner. Yeah. 38,000 fans inside. 
Just, yeah. just want to explain what what it was like to walk out in front of all them fans on that on that particular and, day. And before you do, can I put in because I want to elaborate on that. Like honestly, Chris, as a Wednesday fan, as Wednesday fans as us, we can't even explain to think about that feeling. Try the best you can to just explain that feeling when you're getting promoted. All them fans, just try and explain how, how it feels properly. Do you know? Yeah, no, it was. We can't, We were just so confident, and obviously the week before, when I think United might have drew, and we were on the bus watching it, so we just knew we we, we just had to beat Wickham, who we were, we were already relegated. Um, so it couldn't couldn't really been like it could have been a disaster. Do you know what I mean? But I think like we were just relaxed, and we like we our home, our, yeah, no, our home form at that time, we were just winning and winning, and winning, weren't we? Like I don't think we'd lost a game for so long. Um, so it won't. It, I think the game started all right, and we obviously getting an early goal just pretty much sealed it straight away. Um, when you walked, when you walked out of the tunnel, and all fans were like that, though, and you know, I know it's easy saying it's a Wednesday fan, you want to big yourself up, but it was the best atmosphere I've ever yeah, seen. And no, goal. when he when he scored that first goal, the yeah. the, the noise, the noise yeah. was deafening. I think, like, obviously, when I think back, making a decision to, to go or not like that moment there like just proved it to be completely the right one um and like you say there like you do still check results i think like i've got a lot of like followers and a lot of contact with people still just from that one season which will probably go down in history like it couldn't have gone any better could it like beating united beating united into the the automatics and then they lose in the playoffs it, it, it sort of like as a wednesday fan that couldn't have gone any better, could it? So it was just like after the game when they were all on the pitch, yeah, it was crazy. The next like two, three weeks after that would be just mad. I mean, I'll get onto that pitch invasion in a second, but obviously uh, it's one nil, and and you took that you took that free kick in in the second half. I mean, again, that must be must have been amazing. You've just you know lifted it lifted it in, and Nile Ranger, you know, nods it home again. You must have been you know. Like again, I can't. I suppose you can't put into words what it, what it was like. And I suppose was it a sense of relief then? You know, two nil up. It's yeah, like, I think statement. like two nils safe in it. I think at one nil. But I think if you look back at the game, we were, we were pretty dominant. Um, we were always in control. Like Wickham would sort of just lie down, and it could have been. It could have been, like I say, a banana skin. But because they had nothing to play for, they were under no pressure. But we just handled it. Perfectly, really. Do you know what I mean? Like two 0 clean sheet. I don't think they had too many shots at goal. Um, Even fifty one in our half, did they? Nah, we had loads of chances, didn't we? It could have been four or five. Um, and then obviously, last five minutes, he's literally just trying to keep the fans off and just getting ready to celebrate. Yeah, did you stay on the pitch for that pitch invasion? I stayed on the pitch. Yeah. Um, nah, it was, that was different gear, man. Like just from from that minute, the whistle went. I think. There was four or five of us literally probably done like a three-day bender after that. And it was it was just brilliant. I think we had like the Player of the Season Awards on the Sunday. Like we all turned up, like we all went out about 11 in the morning on the Sunday. Um, turned up to that. It was just, it was like people grabbing the mic. It was, yeah, it was class. And then you didn't want to leave then? Was it was your injury that made, basically made, well, not made you go, but that ruined sort of your time at Wednesday? Yeah, no, it was like you always hear the people saying, oh, excuses about injuries but like I was flying that pre-season again and I think I was um, I know well I know I was attracting some interest from from um, Premier League clubs or sort of lower down in the Premier League um, top half of the champ um, so I think I was going to sign a new deal and then obviously I had a great pre-season was flying and then obviously last game 
against West Brom, just, just done my groin. So I never really recovered from that. Um, I rushed back. I think I missed a pen against Watford. But I was playing probably like 50% fit. Like it was my right leg and I, I couldn't even kick a ball properly. But because I've been out for so long, I just wanted to get back and play. And then obviously said, get on loan and, and play some games and then come back and, and smash it next season. So but obviously when I went back, he then sort of had a different philosophy and I was basically forced out in the end. Yeah, because obviously Dave Jones uh, yeah. took over as manager. Yeah. Uh, did, did much change when uh, Dave Jones came in? Or Yeah, it was different. Like, it, it, it was the right decision, though. It was actually the right decision, no matter what makes him did it was, because we ended up win, more or less winning every single game. Yeah, we did, yeah. But like my theory is always like Megson pretty much had that team and, and Dave Jones came in and just picked the same team for the last whatever it was games and he had the easiest job, didn't he? Just we were winning games, so he he, he didn't he, like we didn't we barely seen him all week on the training pitch. He'd just sit in his office and, and let the coaches do training, and then on a Friday he'd come down, pick the team, and and that was that. So there was there was no real like input from him as a manager as such. And it was that um, totally different to Gary Megson then? Was, was Gary more... Honestly, like, completely completely different people. It was scary, really. But I just think he obviously... We finished that season and then he kind of tried bringing in some bigger names, didn't he? And I think, like, what we should have done was just kept the, the base of the team from the season before. And that team we finished the season with would have done fine in the Championship. And I think, if I remember... Like, they didn't, they didn't of, scored one, I think, in 20 games or something, didn't they? Yeah, kind of kind of struggled, didn't they? Like, I, I was obviously injured and out on loan, so... Um, I know they struggled because they mixed the team up. A few foreign lads came in and, and blah, blah, blah. And I just think, like, maybe... I've always said, like, if a team gets you up, just stick with them, give them another go for the season after. Yeah, 100%. I was hopeful with Chris as well. And Wednesday Facebook group, there's a Facebook group called Wednesday Sing. And in there, there's a lot of opinionated people, obviously, that comment on every, there's always something wrong. And there's always yeah. them dipstick fans, like knobheads, basically. Anyway, in the group, we put, does anyone want to ask Chris anything, blah, blah. And every single comment, I'm not just like saying it or exaggerating, every single, there went one person, like, oh, I don't want to ask him, oh, he was rubbish. Like, they, they were not, yeah. everybody has good memories here because yeah. you came for that season where we went up. You, you, was, you were solid, you played solid, and then you left. With an sort with an injury, and didn't have much of an impact because you couldn't sort of thing. So yeah. everyone's got good memories here, and that's why a lot of people wanted to see, well, hear from you and see you and stuff. So. Yeah, I think like when I when I did come back for pre-season, like the next season, like, I was I was fit again. My groin was fine, um, but I didn't even get past pre-season because Dave Jones like pissing about a little bit. So I, I could obviously tell he was trying to get me out. Um, Can you remember yeah, getting the injury? Can you remember that second when you got the injury, thinking yeah, shit? I it, yeah, it's the worst one I've had in my career. Like touch wood, I've not had too many, but that was. Did the you worst know? One. Did yeah, you know straight, straight away? away? Yeah, like, and it took so long to to get over it. Like, it I bet it's fun. mentally draining as well, isn't it? I bet it messes it's with hard, your mate. It's Like, yeah, no, nah, it was hard because like I was obviously like living in chef on my own, single, and when you're injured, you you get obviously sucked into to going out and. And probably like it's so it's like when you when you're training pretty much every day when you're injured it's it's hard work you've got to be so mentally strong. Um, yeah, I bet you. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, um, yeah, historically, Sheffield Wednesday's got a you know a bit of a history for players like getting you know picking up these injuries. Is, is could you put your finger on as to why why that is, or is it just no, I think bad luck? I was a little I, bit every year, every season. 
Yeah, I was a little bit sore like pre-season, so I probably shouldn't have played in the West Brom game, but I felt it at half-time and I literally went back out and he said, if it's sore, just just come off. So, But I literally, I think I've done it after like three minutes into the second half. So if I would have come off at half-time, I might have, might have been all right and things might be different now. I might have probably played the, the whole next season in the champ and done well, so... But that that, that last chance when we 2016 when but, but even that injury is there just mentioning it quickly like when we're on about injuries now Chris you don't understand mate you really don't understand like that season when we finished um, playoff final and lost to Hull the season yeah. after we lost on penalties to Huddersfield and then the season after that with Carlos we were 16th yeah. but we had when we got we got injuries so we had Hooper out for 10 months and then Forestieri out, out for 8 months would it not Fletcher every single player every single first team player all 11 players were out for 9-10 months so then you thought it's something in training or, but it just keeps happening it's, it's, I just don't understand it can't you come back to Wednesday night and just play for us <laughs> probably getting on a bit now Everyone's keep talking about age. Yeah, no. It's, it, yeah, no, I think injuries are injuries. Like uh, a lot of different people, bodies are, are just built differently. So a lot of people tend to get a lot of injuries in their career. So it's, it's, you can't really put your finger on it. But, but you know, we a lot of them. You know, we a lot of them, Chris. Like, you know, Harry Kane got injured and Son got injured for a, a massive amount of time, but they come back and they're still the same player. Is it, is it sort of like when you get injured for a long period of time? Because when you come back, you're either going to be the same person. Or you're gonna you've, you've lost it sort of thing, not lost it, but you know it's affected you. So is is it literally like when, while you're training to get back, are you just constantly worried, thinking, what if I'm not as good as I was, or, or just not even? Not even yeah, no, nah, like I've only that's my only real bad one. So it's it's hard to say, but because it was my right leg, and obviously like I'm dominantly right-footed, and a lot of my games based on passing and, and and stuff like that. It was I just came back too early. Like, I probably should have took another month to to get right, and then obviously when I did come back, I was straight into the champ which I'd never played before and I didn't do myself any favours really because I was, like I say, probably 60% fit trying to play championship football in a team that was struggling. It was like a recipe for disaster really. So, um, but, it's, but it's like so upsetting and all, isn't it? Like it's, you've gone from that... You've gone from that promotion season where you're all fans running on pitch, blah, blah, blah. You're playing every game and all this. You've got manager in that you love and all this. And then a, a few months later, you're literally, you're injured. You're in division below. You're not playing game before. You feel like you want to be forced out. You're living on your own sort of thing. I bet it's literally to deal with mentally. And I bet, it, well, how, how do you deal with it? How did you deal with it? Like, Yeah, no, it was tough. Yeah, mainly just, just trying to keep busy, really. But like a lot of the time, keeping busy meant like going out and having a night out with the boys or... Well, I didn't tend to get, get yeah, didn't tend to get home that much because obviously, like you say, it's so far. Um, so yeah, if you, if you had a little day off, you, you'd make the most of it, or just so did you, know, you move find, on your own? Find something to do. on your own. I moved up on my own, yeah. Um, and then I, as soon as I got up there, um, I remember Danny Bath, the centre centre half. He was, yeah, he was brilliant, brilliant. Pretty much like. Moved in with him straight away then, because um, I think he was on loan as well, wasn't he? So like I, I moved in with him, and and he's he's been one of my best mates ever since. Like speak to him all the time now. So um, and then I got a, got a, got a little gaff myself around the corner from him, um, and we just travelling together and and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it was difficult. I think like obviously at the time football was a lot different and. Obviously, everyone grows up. You get kids and families. Yeah, that's, and... that's what I'm going to say, Chris. You've got kids now, but do you think so? Like, you look at play, like when you're on about you, when you're there and then you were single and this and that, whatever. Do you think, and I, I reckon you'll think 
I'm right by saying this. Like when you see these club like footballers that have got couples and they get a move to a bigger club or a small any any club like and you're moving together with your family, looking at houses or your kids or whatever, and you, you're sort of there together and stuff, and you work together on everything. Blah, blah, blah. Do you think it's a lot easier moving, li- having a having sort of serious partner instead of going out like when you whatever? Yeah, no, I think I think like yeah, especially as you, you you get older. I mean, like obviously when you're a young lad, you. There, there are lads that you know, 22, 23 get settled down and and stuff like that. But I kind of think like they're, they're the years to enjoy yourself, and I'm, I'm kind of glad it did go that way because I had like such a good time off the pitch and on the pitch. Like obviously, like if I if if I'd had kids and the missus and that, then it would have been a different story. And to be fair, I probably would have come back from my injury quicker. I probably would have been a little bit more focused on on getting back from that injury and stuff like that. But at the same time, like I had such good memories and, and met so many good friends in and around like Leeds and Sheffield, it, it was it was it was it was good fun as well. So Josh Brownhill, do you know who he is, Chris? Yeah, yeah. So he's one of my friends, and basically I was speak, well, I speak to him a lot to be honest. I used to go and see him in Bristol all the time, and um, when he played down in Bristol, we'd stay over the night or whatever. And then he when he went to come to Hillsborough, I'd stay, yeah. I'd stay with us or whatever. And then he's gone to Berlin now, made that move or whatever. But when he was talking about Bristol. He was saying literally, I know I don't know what you can and can't say on podcast, but a long story short, he was just saying it's it's you know because Bristol's a massive, but if you yeah. if you said the top seven cities in England, like you you Man- Manchester because you've got Man and Man City, then you've got like Newcastle, big everything's like you just know they are because of the football yeah. team way. Whereas Bristol, it's sort of under radar just because the football teams aren't huge, but they are yeah. very passionate. Like I went when they when they played, I don't know what it were, but the Bristol Rovers fans literally, it was the best atmosphere. That I've been in in this little small ground. That, there's not as many of them, but that, that passionate. Do you think yeah. literally that is why you didn't want to leave in the first place? Because you had a connection with fans and it was like one of your, it was your own sort of thing. Yeah, there was a few different things to be fair. But yeah, like Bristol, Bristol and Sheffield are really similar. But the only difference is obviously you've got two teams playing higher. I've, I always said in terms of like the, the, the derbies and stuff, they're so similar. Um Bristol City's kind of stepped it up another level now. That you know they got a new stadium, and but we went to we went to obviously like Wembley, and you know the, twice I've been Wembley with Rovers, and they took like 40,000 both times. So it is similar, and I think if Bristol had two teams playing at a high level, it would be the same as Sheffield. Do you know what I mean? It, it is really really similar. What about if Chris, if um, if so that Bristol Rovers went up or whatever, and they had the money to do it and all this, because I, I know they're not the sort of team with like, why can you say like Hull when they go to Wembley they don't bring much and all this away. Bristol Rovers, if they got a bigger ground, would they would they fill it if it was set thirty thousand? Because why hasn't it happened? If not, because I know it's cost money, but surely they can. Yeah, get the no, money there's been there's been there's been talks for years about it, but it's always it's always just fell through, um, and I think like. I was never too keen on it because, like you say, when you when you go to that ground, there's still terracing and that beyond the goal. It's, it's such everyone you speak to don't want to go and play there. And like our home record was good. Like you say, it's close to the pitch and it's terracing. And you know, it's carnage behind the goal when it when the goal goes in. It's terracing and everyone's jumping around. Do you know what I mean? So intimidating. It's intimidating, isn't it? Yeah, no, I think like it's it's just a, it's a completely different stadium to most, isn't it? And I think that that kind of helped us and. And even like when we got promoted two years in a row, it, our home form was always good. When you say about Dingett, uh, Bristol, why, when you say it's similar, 
I think I think the best way of putting it is when you're in, when you're in Sheffield, there's no Man United or Arsenal. It's Wednesday or United, and in Bristol, yeah. it's Rovers or City in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How many people do you meet on from London who do you support Man City? Because my goldfish granddad's cousin supported yeah. it. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like Bristol Rovers or Bristol City in it. Yeah, you're literally just red or blue. Yeah, same as same as Chef. So like even the, the area of the city you live in, the, the majority like Rovers outside. And then south of the south of the bridge of you know, the city, so like literally that that's it. Yeah, two. Who's the bigger club? Wednesday United. <laughs> Come on. Who's the biggest club? I'm not even going to answer that. <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah, you're you like. Know, yeah, I always like have a soft spot for Wednesday. I always check the results, and I know everything's changed a little bit since I left. And but yeah, I'll always keep an eye on it. Yeah. Now we've got had some more had some more questions on. Uh, on Instagram for you as well, which I'll uh, which I'll read out. I know a few um, of my mates have been sending silly ones in, so I've <laughs> yeah, I've, fil- I've filtered some of them out. But uh, one, I've got one here from Charlie underscore Krem, and he just asked, uh, "What's your favourite goal?" Obviously, uh, it doesn't have to be just for Sheffield Wednesday; it can be uh, you know any goal in your season, really. I think my favourite goal at Wednesday, probably my first one, because obviously it got got the ball rolling. Um, but in general, I've got a decent one for Rovers against Cardiff in the in the cup, which got us a draw against Chelsea away, um, which was a probably about thirty five yards top corner, um, and obviously I had a good prize on the end of it. So I think that one probably goes down as my favourite. Um, Excellent. But obviously, I scoring at Wembley from the penalty spot that was that was important as well. Good. Is what got another one here from? Uh, I think I think this is one of your uh, one of your good friends from Ryan Ryan J Bath. Uh, is it true the goatee brings you good luck? Love, RJB. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I can't even grow a beard. So this is my best. This is my best. Um, this is all I can do. I'm 35 and I still can't grow a beard. So <laughs> um, I've got another one here from, uh, I think this is another, another one of your, your mates, Pell underscore eight. Can you explain Harry, your yeah. living arrangements with Harry Pell in Bristol? <laughs> Intriguing story. <laughs> Mad. Yeah, he's he's one of our best mates now. Um, he came to Bristol as a young lad, and he was he was in some digs with like the young lads. They used to put the young lads in like digs and stuff, and they all got chucked out for misbehaving. So I lived with my best from Bristol at the time. We had a gaff, like we were both single lads, and I had a phone call off the club saying, "Can we've got a young lad? He's coming from Charlton. Can you can you just let him stay with you for a few weeks? We'll we'll give you some money towards the rent." So I was like, yeah, go on, get him in. And it, uh, in the end, it, he ended up staying for about 10 months. And, and now he's like one of my best mates. So there was some, yeah, he's, I think he was sending in some crazy stories. But we had a we had a good time. I, I basically taught him the ropes and everything he knows now, I, I taught him. So I've just got some like quick fire questions, uh, you know, to, to ask you as well. So uh, first of all, you know, who would you say was most, I think, well, I think you've already answered it already, who was the most technically gifted at your time at Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah, it would have been Marshy the first year and then obviously Ross the second year. Um, who did you enjoy playing with the most in your time at, at Sheffield Wednesday? I enjoyed it all because we had a good bunch and we had good players, but Clint was, obviously Clinton Morrison was, I think from day one, he, he helped me settle in. Um just constantly joking around and obviously he's had a great career so it was, it was good to become friends with him um, and he was always there to help and like, he was just a joker so he kept the dressing room going. Can you share any pr- any pranks that he did then? 
He wasn't really a pranker, no. He was just like, just always having, he was obviously been around the game and he, he just had an answer for everything and some good one-liners and he, he just always like, it was funny because he didn't, he didn't drink and he used to come out all the time and then obviously like Monday the lads would be going in and he'd be telling all these stories and the lads would be like, can't remember that, like I was drunk and Clint would be like, obviously like sober in the corner and just, just laughing at people. So he had his eye on you at all times. Was there a prankster? I think like David Prutton was a bit like he he was obviously he's gone on to work work for Sky now, which I could tell at the time because he was really intelligent and stuff. But like he he was he was he was messing about quite a lot, and he, he was he was he was a strange one. But he was a good lad, and he he, he had a good sense of humour, and he, he had a lot of one-liners and good. In terms of pranks, it was uh, not really. It's a long time ago, isn't it? So yeah. um, we we just all got on well, and it was good banter anyway. Who had the uh, worst dress sense then? Uh, yeah, my, my little centre midfield partner, Samida, actually. Well, <laughs> he's, he's Portuguese. He, he'd always have these baggy jeans on, um, if I remember rightly, and then a really tight top. But he was obviously getting some tips off, off Ronaldo, so I can't, <laughs> yeah. can't, can't ever doubt that. Uh, what about who, who listened to the worst music? I mean, actually, what 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 sort of music do you listen to? Before we I was a DJ, to be fair, in the dressing room. Yeah, I used to play all the music, so um, <laughs> I tried to mix it up. You had people like Seji and Prats, who just obviously were a bit older at the time, and that's chucking a bit of rock and roll for them every now and again because they used to just moan because like playing like hip hop and stuff like that. So that's drum and bass. Always took took a little hour on a Friday to make sure the playlist was was good for a Saturday. I was, just, I was just going to say, we, we're mixing. I was just thinking back to them because Craig Chapman even said the same. He said, do you think you were the right decision to get rid of him? And obviously he didn't. Was everyone sort of had that feeling when he left? Was everyone sort of like in yours, in the head, we are like naming names, were they all sort of, oh God, he sort of, why, like, why isn't he about anymore? Where, where's he been since? Like, why, why ain't he managing or what's happened to him? Yeah, good question. Um, I don't actually know, to be honest. Like, you obviously see a lot of old managers go into kind of scouting or director of football roles, and maybe he just thought that was he'd done his job and he got, got them out of, the, out of League One. And maybe just he'd been in football for a while, so he's it's not like he's short of a bit of cash. I suspect he's probably been sat on a beach somewhere just enjoying himself and relaxing you don't hear anything about him it's just a no, strange one yeah that's what i mean no, it'd be interesting to know what got... i always bump into like old managers and or like you you hear what they're doing but like honestly good question would you love it else would you say best manager you've played under he's up there yeah definitely up there got, got the got the best out of me and and his his antics were enjoyable like so Fantastic. I mean, just gonna just gonna finish on. Obviously, um, football has changed quite a lot. Obviously, yeah. with uh, coronavirus and, and things and and everything. I mean, what what uh, what is it like to play football now compared to compared to then? Is it is it not as enjoyable? Is it just are you just kind of going through the motions or what? What is it? What is yeah, it like? It's, it's 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 crap at the minute. Like I've since the the start of the lockdown. Obviously, we were lucky because we managed to play in the playoffs last year and, and obviously play at Wembley. There was no one at Wembley, which was which was the strangest thing ever. Um, and then, obviously, this season I've not really played too many games. I've been on the bench and, and come on and off, and 
But obviously, yeah, like Saturday, like we had a big FA Cup tie against Swansea and like normally it would have been packed, you know, all the cameras were there and stuff like that. But it, it starts the game and you, you just can hear all the shout and it's not the same. It's, it's nowhere near the same. Like, I think the problem is at the minute you, you, you're you not seeing a, the light at the end of the tunnel, really, like in terms of supporters coming back. But You're right, you're right. Bang on. We're still kind of, I'm just fortunate at the minute to be able to play and, and for me like it would be disaster now if, if they stopped it again but I don't think they will so like I'll, obviously I've come here to play games and, and we've got like nearly 30 games left and if I can play all them then obviously like that's that's happy days for me so at the minute it's just about playing football it, whether there's fans there or not I'm just happy playing at the minute. Well I think Chris like just thinking about it like I don't know how, well, how everyone else feels personally but you as a player it's different obviously but me personally like I know it sounds weird saying this, but it doesn't excite me the fact of Wednesday going up, like and playing no. teams like Man U behind Dingo. It just doesn't. It's staying in the league, yeah, whatever. But it just nothing excites me. Like when Liverpool lost seven two to Villa, or all these scores. Like I'm not bothered about watching it because no. it just. Oh, there's been some, them. yeah. There's been some really like fake scores, and a lot of teams are playing like differently because there's there's no fans there. Like you see teams like trying to pass it out from the back, and it's like you wouldn't be if there was thirty thousand fans screaming at you. Do you know what I mean? It's it's completely different and it's like like you say yeah we, we won at Wembley like I've, I've won at Wembley before with, with 65,000 there or whatever and you, 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 the scenes out the game and, and for the next like three like we, we won at Wembley last year we, we obviously couldn't even go away we couldn't have a trip away we couldn't do anything we, we literally got back on the bus went back to Northampton Stadium and, and sat in the stadium for an hour and went home so it's like Obviously, you still get the medal, but I'm glad I've done it properly, like twice before that, because like winning at Wembley in front of the crowd, and obviously the the scenes after and and, and the fun you have for the next couple of weeks is it's brilliant. I mean, you just touched on it, uh, obviously about the fans. I just want to go back to your time at, at Wednesday, and you know when you were there, obviously we were playing really playing really well, but uh, you know. <clears throat> Do, do the fans put that added pressure on you when you when you are playing? Do you, do you feel that as, as a footballer? Do you feel that pressure? Yeah, I think obviously, like I came in the, in in, the, in that season where, like the season before, they obviously struggled, and, and for them to finish like mid table in League One, I, the fans were obviously in uproar. And then for me coming in, it was like when you look at the players that, that those fans and you guys have been used to watching, and then you you got like Chris Lyons coming in from Bristol Rovers, everyone's like, who, who the hell's this guy? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, there was pressure, but as soon as we got going, like we just won the fans over again. And and any any team and any like you you say when you see a lot of big clubs get relegated and stuff, it doesn't matter. Like if, if they're winning games, like you can use like Sunderland as an example. Like if they're doing well and winning games, and there was fans in there, they'd be, they'd be getting fifty thousand fans there still. So I think fans are happy as long as you're winning. And and the pressure was for me was the first four or five home games and then as soon as you get used to it and we started winning it was it was easy with them um, with them um, the thing i was just about to say with so like fans like sunderland you think like now the fans aren't there and stuff in league one they'd smash it but they're not and i was just that made me think then about that last game against wickham can you remember the moment when it came up on the screen because you come up on the screen and the old scoreboard and it says shh yeah. and then it's if you're not yeah. lose yeah, can you remember that and yeah did, i remember did that, that yeah. did that as a player affect you as well or did you think yes or no, did you i think we just it? We just started getting a bit excited on the pitch, I think, and we probably just obviously realised that the the scores are going our way, and we just had to finish the job. And then you know, obviously there was 
was big gains at the end of it and we were gonna have a good good few weeks after that so like that that definitely helps and then I think everyone sort of relaxed a little bit when that score came up and the game was almost dead after after the the second goal it was it was just like a chess game wasn't it, it was, no one was really having many chances it was it, we just seen the game out yeah we just saw the game out and obviously like I say like with five minutes to go and there's people trying to I think the ref probably blew the whistle early didn't he in the end because yeah, too many people minute. trying to get on the pitch so it was 84th minute if blue full time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because there was too many people trying to get on Obviously, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to speak to us. No, that's Chris. Right. Obviously, it's much uh, much appreciated. No problem. Thanks for listening to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. If you enjoyed the show, then please be sure to leave a rating or a review. We do really appreciate it. Make sure you click subscribe too, so you never miss another episode. We'll be back every Monday at 4pm, so I'll see you there.